0: When we're talking about secure versus insecure attachment and the idea, of what does your life feel like right now? There's, again, a lot of nuances. What we feel can be in layers. And it's easy to think about this in terms of tension. We can relax on the surface, like your shoulders can soften. But if you, right now, relax your shoulders, but you're holding tension, like you're stressed, you're going to feel that core tension layer. And that's the layer that needs to shift for you to let go of surface tension. What does your life feel like right now? That's what we want to talk about
1: Welcome to the Lady Voice podcast. Dismantle the patriarchy in your mind with Danielle and Jenny. I mean, I think of like, I felt for a lot of years but I became a little bit more aware of it after having a child I would wake up in the morning and it wouldn't be like a totally like loud depressive state it would just be like a uh, (laughs) like I don't really have anything to look forward to or anything that I feel excitement about or interest and it wasn't like totally apathetic it was just kind of like a lack of luster, disinterested, bored. No, I knew I had to get up and take care of my child and live my life, you know? And I would move for the sake of moving and hoping that the moving would like, you know, make me feel a little bit more alive, you know? But I don't know. I think of that as like the core tension of like, you first wake up in the morning, what do you feel?
0: I can relate to that. Um, just sort of like this groundhog Day experience of like, oh my God, it's like the same thing every day. Feeling trapped in an experience that you don't really see a way out of. Life can put us into these situations often. One of the conversations I started having with myself <laughs> was around waking up. Someone sent me a Deepak Chopra meditation or something that I listened to. And I'm like, okay, Deepak. But, but he did say one thing, you know, and he's got his like hypnotic voice. When you wake up, you know, there's like that space in between before you like move into your reality. Like, what do you feel there? And for me... I think because I grew up with so much trauma and I grew up very hyper-vigilant. I grew up with such an insecure attachment to life that like that space was like nominal. (laughs) Like one breath, it's gone. Like I really had to start focusing in on like finding that space. And what I found was that there was a brief moment of peace. And then I was like yelling no in my head. Like, no! I was just like, all of a sudden, and so much resistance to like my whole fucking life, my whole day. And I'm like, no, no. And I'm just like walking around chanting no. As I became aware of this like experience in the morning, I was like, how do I say yes? Like, what does it feel like to say yes? Nothing really changed at first, uh, but I kept practicing that. And then one day I said, yes. <laughs> it was transformative. Right? I do not wake up saying no anymore. It just felt like suddenly this like flood of love like enveloped me. I don't that could be interpreted a lot of ways if you wanted to get like spiritual, but like for me I was like this is just me. Like <laughs> this is my love that I am like withholding from myself and from like the world and this is why I'm saying no so fervently as I was like this is big. Do we all have big love inside of us? Like one of those moments that's so small that, like, you're on the other side of it and you're like, oh, yeah, that happens. Like, not that big a deal. But in that moment, it was like the biggest deal. It's like I rewired my brain. I don't know what happened, but like I changed something, a foundational experience. That practice helped me find more security in life, more security with myself. If you are having the underlying tension, this underlying experience, like it's not that your life that you've built is necessarily bad, but there might be components that aren't working for you, you know? And if you're in objectification, which we all are, and we all are in the beginning of a relationship, you're denying your own experience in the most minimal way. And it's in that denial. It seems small, but it's just this huge. It's actually so big. It just snowballs to the point where you're in your relationship five years down the road. And it's like, who the fuck are you? Like in this place? Like you might have some understanding of yourself, like from the surface moving inward, but you're gonna hit that place. Like, I feel really bad here and I don't know what to do about it. And so you're going to avoid it. Most people just keep avoiding. And it's like, what happens if you move into that? Again, the fear is, well, everything, I'll lose everything. And that's always the number one fear. Every person I've ever worked with, having this conversation with, the number one thing is like, well, if I do that, I will lose everything. Yeah. <laughs> and again, we're kind of like, maybe, but maybe not. Honestly, I mean, some people didn't lose everything. Some people went on to have like really great partnerships. They started working on things. Some people did leave their partner. I want to challenge this idea that partnership is everything, and I, that's like super controversial <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> that's just like the most triggering conversation mm-hmm.
1: that could be had. It's super triggering, you it's know. Making people turn off this podcast right now.
0: <laughs> just what? saying. <laughs> what? It's I won't true. listen to this. This is trash. I think partnership can be (laughs) everything. And I I want to believe that because I think that partnership is human. I, I like I'm really intrigued by the human experience. I think let's do all the things that make us as human as possible. Partnership is a part of that. And there's a spectrum in partnership for people. Partnership is partnership. However, you're choosing it. And so I think that is undeniable. I also believe that the way a lot of partnerships are set up, it's not for success for both people. There's no mutualism. There's no space for both people's true identity. And that might not even be your partner's fault. Like you might be objectifying yourself to such an extent that you don't even know how to show up as yourself. Like that showing up as yourself when you first start doing it is the most terrifying thing you could do. There's a reason you're in like self-preservation mode. There's a reason you're like protecting this place. And like, it's just it's sports, right? Another stupid sports analogy, but it's like you're holding the football and you're just like pushing people out of the way, running to the finish line, which is death. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you're just like holding on to yourself to get there, to cross that fucking line and die. For what? What are you choosing? to hide from, you know, just, it creates so much suffering and it, it's so much pain. So if you're looking at the model of attachment theory, and this is why I like this model, you're like, Oh, here's where I'm at. And here is why it's that simple. And so then it's like, well, how do I start to create a new experience for myself? Because here's what a secure attachment is. And like, there's this space in between that I can start playing with. And how do I do that? Like, how do I do that? I think that's why I like the Enneagram because in the Enneagram, you're like studying your personality and it was weirdly accurate for me. <laughs> and then there's like the ladder of your personality. Like, are you doing well in your personality? Are you average or are you below average? And it's like, you know, those are some murky waters getting down in the below average. And I was like, whoa, don't, don't do that. You could with that <laughs> behavior. <laughs> you know? It's so very possible. <laughs> so very and then it's kind of like <laughs> an idea of like how to move in a direction that is more healthy, like more secure for yourself, because it really does tie into like the idea of a secure attachment. Like, Depending on your personality type, you have like a belief and a way to like move through that belief to find a more secure attachment with yourself. And so these two things were really helpful for me. But if you are like, what am I feeling underneath? That's like the most valuable information that you own is what am I feeling under here? And then being brave enough to. Start taking it out a little at a time.
1: Well, yeah. And I think about like when I started looking at for me, what was most like heavy and depressing for me, it was my relationship. (laughs) And it was that was also the thing that I said no to and was holding the football like, no, this is the one thing. I can address everything else. Let me try to address everything else. You know, I'll exercise more, I'll eat better. I'll visit my family more, you know, I'll go on more vacations. Like all these things, you know, that I think are like maybe addressing that really heavy place. But like, I think, I think it is just so interesting that like the lady voice invites us to protect most fiercely partnership. And I, and I don't even, I kind of hesitate to even use that word partnership because is that really what's going on? that was not what was going on for me, (laughs) but like the model part, the model of, of this family structure, the model of relationship that tells you, like, we have two parents here and some children, or we have, you know, two people here who are exclusive and, you know, this is what we do, but we die, you know, whatever the roles are that we're choosing. There are very limited numbers of models out there that are culturally appropriate and acceptable (laughs) that we are taught to buy into. That if that is not working for you, you know, most of most of us just push it away and assume that it has to be something else. Like something else has to change or I have to change. I have to fix myself so I can fit this model. You mm-hmm. know. And I think that actually that's what it came down to for me was like, well, I better figure this out because this is the life I chose and this is the life I'm supposed to be okay with, right? Like I mean, I wasn't consciously saying those words. I probably would have you know, <laughs> not believed those words if somebody said them to me quite like that, but that really is how I was believing. I think the willingness to confront these models that we bought into, because we were so invested in them. It's our the life we've built for our children. Like what more investment do we have than that? You know, or the life that we've built around like our finances, the homes we purchased or like moved into or like the places we live. I just... It's relationships and how we orient to them. And are we willing to challenge our structures around that, our, our belief systems around that?
0: It's like this concept of family insecurity. And I think it's important to think about the historical context of marriage in our society. Like we have to be willing to look at that and what it actually meant. And it was ownership. It just was like women were property. That still matters. That is still an important part of this. <laughs> this is still important because you don't have to be property now. But the fairy tale you're believing in is that you're property, you get your day. And then what the fuck happens after that? This is my day. I become a bride. <laughs> and then what? <laughs> and then the fuck what? You know? And then you have your honeymoon phase for a year, maybe two years if you're lucky. But that fucking shit ends the second a baby shows up and you're taking care of two babies. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> and it's not to say every man's a man baby. Because I know a lot of wonderful men, but I also know a lot of women who are emotionally supporting their partners to suddenly be like, oh my God, the unhealthy imbalance. Like There is an imbalance in what she may be giving her partner emotionally. And it very closely resembles what she's having to emotionally give her child. And it's like, how the fuck do you deal with that? Yeah. Because I mean, now really you have a jealous it. partner, like jealous of your baby because your baby's actually getting their needs met. And like, you're attuning to the kid, but you're not attuning to me anymore. Where am I in all of this? And the people are like, this poor man, this poor man, he's been left out. His wife <laughs> only takes care of the kids all the time. She's tired. She doesn't want to have sex with him anymore. She doesn't want to have sex with him anymore. What's he supposed to do? Of course he's going to cheat on her. Of course. I actually fucking heard this. You can't expect someone to want to just be with you and not have sex with you. If you're not having sex with your partner, why would they want to stay with you? I'm like, I don't know. What the fuck is love? Like, what are we talking about here? We've got like a lot of conversations happening on (laughs) top of each other here. And it's like, it felt like all of it was designed to corral me into this like fucking little space. And I'm having all the allowances for my husband's lack of growth his emotional growth, his like ability to perceive bigger pictures and relationships, like all of it. And then I'm over here and like, but then you also need to raise the kids and you'll probably be doing it alone emotionally because your husband can't do it. But also, you can have it all. Hey, did you know something, lady? You could have all of it. Do you want it all? All of it's yours. You could do it all. And I'm like, what kind of fucking hamster wheel are we on? I was like, I am... I'm, nervous systemally tapped out. <laughs> I cannot do this anymore. You're in this like cycle and it's just like whirling around you and you are supposed to find the calm, centered place inside of you so that you can manage it all. And that's why you don't feel fucking good on the inside. That's why you're holding all that tension down there because it's like, how is one person supposed to do this? This is motherhood objectification. This is feminine objectification. Even if you haven't had a kid yet, you'll be a mother soon. So we've got the fucking commercials of the happy mom just like stoked to just be cleaning up shit everywhere and like, I don't the do thing. And then I have all this stuff in the fridge. And then I did this and I came home from work and I did it all. And then you're in bed and your husband's like, tapping your back. <laughs> hey, I'm here. <laughs> and it's like, nice. oh, it's a fucking nightmare. Oh, it is yeah. a fucking nightmare. It is my nightmare. I was in that situation. I was like, this is my fucking nightmare. I'm like, I thought I had other nightmares of what life could be. And I was like, no, I'm fucking (laughs) in it. This is it. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) I came across this little piece of gold. And it's Fox News. Society is creating a new crop. Okay. Here, though, this verbiage is really important. Crop. (laughs) A new crop of alpha woman. And they are unable to love. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. Like me, my mother was not a perfect wife. She was, however, a remarkable and compassionate woman who fiercely was devoted to my father. So much so that five years after he died, she couldn't bring herself to kiss the man who fell in love with her. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. God. Get the fuck out of here, Foxy. A new crop of women. You guys are a commodity and you're fucking flawed. So let's do some GMO testing on you bitches. It's just coming. It's still everywhere is the point of this. Like It is literally still everywhere. So how to create a secure attachment with yourself despite the chaos that you might be finding yourself in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to solve problems outside of me and it was not working. And I mean, you can't change anyone. We actually have so little that we can affect in life. Like We can only change us. I was focused on these external things, really trying to problem solve, really trying to like have the conversations, really trying to like keep finding middle ground. But I was with someone who wasn't having internal conversations. And that is the problem. Like that just doesn't fucking work. It just doesn't. You can do that forever. (laughs) You will not get anywhere. I mean, I think love is like giving someone the space to face their uncomfortable. Places in themselves, you might say something that makes your partner really uncomfortable. They might be reactive to that. And there is space for that, you know, within reason. Our reactivity is self preservation. So you might say something and your partner is reactive. But if you're in a relationship with a person who can be honest, there will be a conversation that follows that, you know, and there can be compassion and like, grace for each other's humanness <laughs> like we're just human trying to figure this out I think that we're really sold an idea that like you follow the formula and there's no problems or you just have the average problems you know just average just those average problems I'm like I don't know what that means like what the fuck's an average problem like yeah right <laughs> problems that everyone has this problem
1: yeah. so for me I felt just a lot of confusion about what was mine and what wasn't mine. So even in, even when I did, even when I was like, you know, trying to address the internal when I realized like every, I had done everything that I could possibly think of to externally patch up what was going on and nothing was changing. (laughs) I knew that like, I just needed to, I needed to make a move related to my relationship. And I was looking at myself, you know, but like, I felt, I did, I felt really, really confused about what was mine, what wasn't mine, you know, what I could take ownership of and what I couldn't. And even in that conversation, it's like, well, what if we're both taking ownership and it's still, you know, it's still a sort of brick wall between us. And then it's like, why are we here? What are we, what are we fighting for? I, I, so I made a big move and like left that relationship, which was like really scary and really heartbreaking and really sad. I was, I was like changing my whole life. I was kind of losing the whole thing, you know, in hopes of starting fresh with myself in a way or starting something new for myself and giving myself the space to really understand like what, who am I, what, what am I here, you know? And then I really think like what brought me out of confusion (laughs) was the microdosing. Like I think that's what brought me out of this place of like my patterns and my habits that kept me safe or quote unquote safe. in like my relations with other people for a long time. It brought me sort of into that more clearly internal place. It helped me like sift through like what's, what's mine and what's like everything outside of me and what can I own here? I guess I started last May just like this, really steady returning to that like inner place of, of who I am and, and what I am and attuning more to this like center place, what it means to not be attuning to the other at all times, first and foremost, you know, A reminder to like always come back to attuning to myself and acting from that place. I think sometimes it's hard to sift through like, Even when you do find sort of this like internal process for yourself and you're examining that and you're examining your own growth, I think in partnership, like in relationships where we're filling these roles, it's really hard, like really hard to find ourselves there. Kind of like you were saying, especially if the other person isn't doing it with you, you know, isn't having that really honest conversation with you and giving you the space to say, like having this experience, like, can you still be here and hold my hand through it?
0: Yeah. You know, I find a lot.
1: Sad?
0: It's so sad. Like, isn't I, that all partnerships should be? Like, I am yeah. here having this experience. Will you please hold my hand while I go through this? Why the fuck are we together?
1: Yeah. If you cannot do that, like, what What do you have? You yeah. have children together and a mortgage. Sorry. Like, you have that's heavy. a
0: conversation of like, well, I will, if it's the conversation I feel comfortable with having. It's conditional love. Yeah. My uh, experience <laughs> was meditation. It did the same thing for me, and I like love microdosing for sure. It's like also groundbreaking, revolutionary experiences <laughs> <laughs> of like centering. <laughs> I didn't have that as a tool at the time. I was like transitioning out of my partnership. It was when I stopped attuning to him, though that it shifted dramatically and and then I just started meditating, and I think I shared this, like he would just be. I might not have shared this on this podcast. I don't know what I've shared on this podcast anymore, but there would be like conversations, these circular conversations. And I used to engage and I had stopped engaging and the conversations continued without me. Like I was not a necessary part of the conversation. They would start and I would just turn inward and I would just focus on the sun. I think I did share this, the sun inside of me. And I was like, so bright and so warm. It's like I could feel myself laying in the sand inside of myself. Like I was not focused on him. I was not centering my experience around him. I was centering my experience around me. And I was like, this conversation doesn't matter because we've had it a thousand times. Like this conversation doesn't resolve. This is not, we're not going anywhere in this conversation. So I just started turning into me. Doing that, the conversation started going somewhere. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. But I was like, so calm. I was like, getting calmer and calmer. And he wasn't, you know, he, but it's like he was losing control of what he thought he had control over. But it was in doing that that I was like, oh, like, I just, this is not what I want. Like, none of this is what I want. Like, what am I doing here? Like, it's sort of like just waking up in an experience that. Again, it's like how you get somewhere with someone if you're denying your own experience, if you're trying to meet that person somewhere and not meet yourself simultaneously, like you get left behind. And if that part of you catches up, it's like, where the fuck am I? I don't even know how I got here. And that's an overwhelming experience. But for me, I was like, well, this feels honest because <laughs> I haven't felt honest in a while. <laughs> like, okay. Like, yeah. now what happens, you know? And and then there was sort of like... Yeah, a path. now what? <laughs> yeah, it was just like a path forward. I didn't have to make any drastic decisions in that moment. It was just like, keep following the steps, you know? It would be interesting to be in a partnership where you weren't denying your own experience. And there was space for that. Oh, how great would that be? How great. <laughs> and Rare. <laughs> the idea too is like, different experiences coming together can create a feeling of being uncomfortable. We don't have to always be comfortable with each other. Being uncomfortable isn't bad. I just... Want to drive that home? Like, where's that plaque for the kitchen? You know, live, love, love. I just want to be like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable is fine on my pillows. Let's just have those reminders everywhere.
1: Is this helpful? episode about like how to get a divorce the
0: first step? <laughs> <laughs> or save your marriage? Go the other way. Yeah, hey I'm guys. <laughs> I don't believe in that either. Because if you're here... That. <laughs> you're just being nice when you say it. Maybe it would just, go in a better direction. I need to like give some hope so people take the initiative.
1: Totally. I know. Otherwise, that's that's what it took for me. You're like, also hope is a lie. But just, it's fine. <laughs> maybe it'll work out. <laughs> oh my God. And yeah, maybe. Yes, it has to, right? It has to. <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't know. I'm a good person. It has to work out. (laughs) But if you're like here and you're having tension and you're like, how to move this tension? It's tension is resistance, right? I just, again, think of your tension as resistance. So what are you resisting? You don't know. You don't know what you're resisting because you're resisting. (laughs) You're just in resistance recognize your resistance, learn to manage your nervous system, like how to have a relationship with your nervous system, how to have a relationship with yourself. And in this place, this tension, this feeling of like, I'm not happy, this feeling of like, what's wrong? Like I've tried everything. Hear the things you're telling yourself. They are cultural. And they're not really your voice. Guys, this isn't who you are. (laughs) You're not that voice. The first voice that gets in your head is your mom's voice. Think about that. You are a domesticated person. Her voice is in your head and your head will turn that voice into your own voice. You will start managing yourself. That's what we do. And you cannot differentiate. You don't even know that anymore. The voice of your dad gets in there around ego development. And that authoritarian voice comes your voice. And then you have the voice of your church, maybe, or the voice of your school or the voice of a really mean teacher or a really mean coach, like all these people who are mean to you as a kid, you are collecting data on how to survive life. So you are like, okay, I have to modify myself in this way to survive, like taking in information and you are making it yours. You can let it all go. None of these voices have to be true. So objectification is you. It is like, you are glued together. <laughs> We could start driving little thought wedges in between you and objectification. And it's like, let's start prying that apart a little bit. It was in those spaces, terror. <laughs> People just become terrified. <laughs> and I'm not laughing at it because it was my experience too. Like, what? I can't like, especially because I had such an insecure childhood that I was like, I cannot go through more insecurity right now. I just remember there was a moment of me laying on the floor. This <laughs> is like right before I left my ex-husband. I was like laying on the floor, literally laying on the floor crying. And I was like, there's so much there. <laughs> I was like, how am I? Gotta get through all of this. <laughs> <laughs> like what I was trying to get to in my 20s, I couldn't get into it somehow. I turned 30 and it was all just open for me to start going through. And I was like, I'm already tired. i have already trying to do this. <laughs> like, what do I do? I just, systematically work through it. And I feel- <laughs> 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 now I feel great, you know, but it was a lot. <laughs> it's easy to laugh about with a friend now. <laughs> right. It is. Find yourself a friend. That's what we said get last a friend. podcast. Get who a fucking friend you. who can do yeah. this.
1: And who's not going to be like, oh, I'm concerned about you. I know like, you'll get a lot of that. Uh, excuse well, me. Are you stepping yeah. out of the lines right now? Yeah. Well, What's interesting is recently I had a conversation with someone who opened up to me for the first time, you know, she's married and actually I really like, I really like both of these people as individuals, as a male and a female. They're really cool. Like I've kind of watched them operate before with their family and I'm just like, yeah, this seems like one of the more balanced relationships I've seen. Well, she unloaded recently you know, about her frustrations. He unloaded like a couple of months ago, you know, we were all in the same room recently. And I, I, I started doing what I do and kind of dropping little seeds of like, it's okay (laughs) to feel like you're not getting along. I didn't say those words, but like, you know, coach Danielle,
0: of course. Yeah. Like you're going
1: to do, of course what I'm going to do like, it's okay like it, I, it was not explicit it was just sort of they were both hinting at it they were both in sort of like argument space you know and I was like you know what like this is like part of it you know as part of relationship and whatever but like the immediate defenses went up you mm-hmm. know for her not for him which I think is interesting and mm-hmm. it seems like I can follow that line you know for mm-hmm. her she's like oh no, no, but we're fine it's fine you know <laughs> And it was like, oh, this is very interesting. So this is where it begins, you know. The like testing of the water is like, can I say this thing out loud and then be safe? You know, run back to my comfort zone of this relationship. And yes, you can. Okay, so I'm gonna like say this thing while my partner is around. You know, can I say this thing out loud? And oh, you're you're so like kind of safe, but somebody calls you on it a little bit. Ah, I'm gonna stop talking about it now, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, like I don't know. I just think that's so it was such an interesting moment of like find a person who you can like say everything to because like that's what that's what i notice in my friends who are like starting to like pick up on these like i'm not happy here conversations and they're terrified to actually have the conversation they'll like complain here or complain there or say like oh this thing was really frustrating and then like keep the rest of it internal and hidden away because that's the only safe place for it because if you actually say it out loud then you're going to blow up your whole life. Like mm-hmm. find a friend to say everything to. Who's not going to judge give you your partner. Feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Who's not going to judge your partner. Who's not going to say you need to get a divorce.
0: Who's not going to like give you any Although kind I said of that, that like, to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't, I mean, you did, but, but I after think it like, was like 20 after iterations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you, okay, you are going to have... And I remember your face when I said it. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: <laughs> but I'm I knew you were right. But like, it didn't start that way. You no. know, like the conversation yeah. didn't start that way. So like... <laughs> How to ma- manipulate your friends into feeling safe with you so that you can tell them later.
0: Well, I think it's important if you are going to be the friend to recognize it's not a judgment call. You can't make the decision. Yeah. You can't sit there and be like, yeah. I know what you need to do for your life. You don't fucking know. I mean, you might. You do. <laughs> but you don't. But that's <laughs> not the point. I mean. We're hanging on to these things. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're insecure. And like, we all have different levels of insecurity. And so it's not even to make fun of that. Because at the heart of the... Like the heart of all of this is the insecurity. And like, the reason I was hanging on to it, I had like the worst upbringing. I mean, it was just terrible. I was like, Yay! I met a person who's going to be on my team. And we're going to go through life together. That sounded awesome to me. And then that's not what I had. But I was really hopeful because I was like, for some reason, I thought this was available like what the fuck was i thinking about when this happened like uh excuse me but you know you just get to the end of it and it's like wow dude like it's like the fucking i don't know is this a like maybe this is only like a mormon song i took this shit to heart as a little kid it's the wise man builds his house upon a rock (laughs) the dumb man. I don't know what they say. The other guy is like building his house on the sand. I mean, you've built a sandcastle, essentially, right? In your fucking sandcastle and high tides approaching and it's like, what? You're like up at the top. (laughs) Just resting on a pinnacle one toe. You're like, I don't know how
1: I got here, but this is a bad fall. Well, the more you recognize like the more you start like letting yourself attune to yourself and stop denying your own experience, more it starts to feel like anything that is like out of alignment with who you are it it, it's almost like the suffering there increases and it kind of instead of Mm -hmm. feeling like you're on this really high point where you're just gonna like take a free fall and you don't know where you're going it starts to feel a little bit more like What's worse? <laughs> 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 Staying here is worse. <laughs> you know, both are bad. So it all sucks. No, but like I have possibility over here. There's no yeah. more possibility over here. I already know what this is and it is keeping me in a bad place, you know. At least after I take this deep dive, which is really, really painful and awful, there's something over here for me that I get to choose. And that's <laughs> that's why I feel like it's worth it possibility of becoming an alive person versus like you are dead for the rest of your life for sure you know and it's a hard leap to make it really is it's painful
0: and I think it's harder if you don't have a sense of yourself like if you're a person who's constantly been in relationship with others like and you haven't had the focus of creating a relationship with yourself it's definitely harder in that Moment, but it's not impossible. At any moment, you can create a relationship with yourself. You are your one consistent person in life. Like, you are your own partner. You know, I believe that that's true. (laughs) Partner yourself. I think, too, it's like hard if you're an object, you're a good partner. A good partner doesn't stop attuning to their partner in hard times. You attune harder. You know, it's like you tune in more, you get in there deep. There is that conversation. And so to turn away from objectification here and to turn back to yourself, you feel like you're a bad person. When I started turning into myself in all of these different ways, I felt like a horrible person because turning into myself meant turning my back on societal construct. And I was like alone in that. No one else in my life at the time was doing that. Like I was just out here. like in the deep ocean, like, I guess I'm doing it. I'm going under, or maybe ever. I have no (laughs) idea. Because I was like, a responsible person, a person who cared about others. I was a person who blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like a laundry list of my own objectification. It wasn't all just around partnership. It was around me as a person in society. And so when I turned away from that partnership, It all was falling apart for me and I like turned away from all of it. This doesn't happen to everyone. I think it happened to me because I was finally at a place where I could start addressing like childhood trauma, like at a very deep level. It was like, I suddenly got it. I didn't get it before this moment. So like suddenly this door opened and I was like, wow, I'm just in. It feels bad. Because there's a part of you that is domesticated to be a good upstanding member of society and partnership is a part of that. So it's like to turn away from any part of this is to question like, are you a good person? Are you, you know, like... Yeah. Who are you? Not even to question, am I a good person? It is literally like you are out of the fold. <laughs> and we yeah. want to feel safe in the group. And it's like, you're out of the fucking group. So... At least for me, it's like you're out. Now what? I'm like,
1: <laughs> I guess. Well, I'm- yeah. When you it makes me think of when you did say, "Well, maybe you need to get a divorce." We were having conversations about this subject for like probably a year and a half before we even had that conversation. You know, like I that it still wasn't in my realm of options.
0: No, divorce was still
1: not an occurrence. Yeah. Like, it did not occur to me that that was going to be my life. <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. that was a choice that I would ever want to make you know mm-hmm. we can fight for this we can do this mm-hmm. like <laughs> I needed that someone saying to me from the outside like this is an option too because it's like we get in the, these like cycles of like I, I need to belong this is like the, this is the structure that I understand this is the structure like that I bought into I mean I'm not like thinking those words but like it just didn't make sense to me that there was another way, even though ever like people do it. You know what I mean? Right. But like, I I needed that like somebody <laughs> to say, "I think this is where it could be at."
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm <Yeah>. like, really? <laughs> when I was married, I had a mentor. He's the only person I talked to. I felt like it was the safe person to talk to about what I was like going through in my marriage, and so. She was like, You're probably gonna need to get a divorce, like really early on. She was like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, yeah, for sure. But also, (laughs) like, I don't understand this. Like, I need to understand something first. Like, that's just my personality. Like, I don't get it, you know. And then all of a sudden, she maybe because I was like so resistant to the idea of divorce early on that like her conversation changed. That when I was finally like, yeah, I think I'm going to get a divorce. It was like, she was like anti-divorce for me at that point. I don't... I'm not entirely sure what the switchover was for her. She just started making assumptions. And I'm not sure what side she was assuming this was on. But she's like, you know, and a possibility would be to have an open relationship. And I'm like, What? (laughs) Like, why? Like, why would I want to do that? Like, I don't like this person. <laughs> like, I already just know I'm, I'm right. like, ready to divorce. Like, I'm not I'm like, let's maybe throw a third party in how this shit goes down. Anti-divorce sentiment that is pretty mainstream for a lot of people kicked in. I was like, kind of surprised because she was like, pro-divorce early on. She's like, look, you're in it. Three years. I'm like, true. Three years. Like... We've been married three years. And she's like, I think that, you know, to give up now, blah, blah, blah. Like you should try an open marriage. I think that that would be less. I don't know if she used the word sin, which is surprising because she wasn't Christian. Less of a sin than a divorce. And I'm like, what is so wrong with a divorce? Like what's so wrong with a breakup? Because he took a vow, a deep vow in front of another person. And I'm like, I just, I don't get it. I don't like get it at all. It's just like, what does this vow mean? Like, what was it?
1: And what did you say? And if you really are feeling those things that you said, like thinking about those things and considering them like, are you really showing up for your partner that way? And are they really showing up for you that way?
0: Yeah. Like if like, you're at this point, are your vows being upheld? Like tell death to us part is the only vow that can be upheld. Like all the rest is bullshit, but not till we die. Like <laughs> just, yeah, right. like what? Like all the rest doesn't actually count, but you cannot get a divorce because death do us part. And it's, yeah. I, it's like a weird setup. And I don't think every... Marriage has to be this way, but I am like I hear people who are in really unhealthy dynamics, like toxic dynamics, and it's maybe both parties, but they're like, oh, "We took a vow," and I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't. What the fuck vow are you upholding? Because I think the more impressive vow would be a person who's just like today. I'm with you and I love you. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, today I'm with you and I love you. And you just keep fucking doing that shit. And you're like, wow, there's something uncomfortable here for us. Can we talk about it? And then both parties are like talking about it. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, Wow, I love you. I'm here today. Like, is that more intense actually?
1: (laughs) More work. Safest thing you could ever experience.
0: Because it's fucking honest. Be a
1: person. You get to be a whole person who has feelings and you're changing and you're evolving. You have a person by you who is just like accepting you.
0: Yes. And it's like (laughs) understanding that you will change. They are not objectifying you to be this like, I took a snapshot of you when we got married and that's who I'm expecting (laughs) to show up every day for the rest of our life. I want someone who is dynamic and I also want someone who is consistent. You know, (laughs) humans are both things. It's like, You are who you are, your personality, the day you were born, it was there. But also, you are having life experiences that allows for wisdom, allows for growth, allows for new insight. And with new insight, more compassion, more kindness towards yourself and others. It could go the other way. Not everyone's born an asshole. And you can just watch someone move that direction. I want an experience that's like, today, I'm here. Because I love you. And it's not this like illusion of security of like, etches, choose I said some vows to you and that's forever. And like, I just imagine people having sex, like vow, the vow, you know? Like <laughs> that's the only thing they've got going. Like, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> ew. Real. I know. Don't you feel like that's real though? Like, it's like a wall. Bow.
1: Cardboard.
0: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> it's dry rock. <laughs> Holy frickins.
1: basically that's true it is true women are um, like
0: i can't experience pleasure but i have to have sex it ties it right does. back in dude it does You're in an experience that does not have space for you how can you like The best orgasms I can have, there is just space for me there. And I'm like, you know, I'm like into that space and it is big. It gets real big inside (laughs) of me. (laughs) If I am in a little fucking box with a person who's like, I'm clamping this box down. I'm holding you in here. Like, I can't have an orgasm and I'm not excited to have sex with you. That's just the facts. Like, the end. (laughs) Back to the point of this podcast. (laughs) Don't think about the laundry list of what you think needs to change for you to be happy. Don't get caught up on, I can't face this thing because I might lose this thing. Don't, that's not helpful. (laughs) What is helpful is, how do you feel in your body? Like this is your everyday moment, like moment to moment. This is all you truly have. It's like how you are feeling. Are you on edge? Are you depressed? Are you anxious? Do you feel like clamped down? Do you feel dead inside? Like that's the place to me yourself. Like, how do I feel? Like, what is my life looking like right now here from this vantage point, from this feeling of like... Okay. Accept it. Like accept
1: yeah. that place. And I think that that's... For me, I would notice, I would be like, how do I feel? Shitty. Well, that's not right. great. <laughs> yeah what am I supposed to do with that and it's like (laughs) when I started like accepting myself like oh yeah I feel that okay and just like cry like got to a place where I could cry about Mm -hmm. that rather than like pushing it away and thinking that I was wrong for feeling that or I could work it out of my system or I could try harder you know Mm -hmm. just like accepting the place that you find when you actually consider how you feel. I yeah, that's key
0: phrasing right there. I can try harder. No, you fucking can't. If you're at the place in your inner conversation, like I can try harder. No, you cannot. And that is okay. <laughs> like, Stop trying this idea of like, you're carrying more of the relationship than you should be carrying. If you think you're like, I can try harder to fix this. You're carrying some of the other person's responsibility to the relationship on your shoulders. Stop trying so hard. And then it's like, well, if I don't try, it's going to fall apart. Let it. Just let it fucking fall apart. Just let it. Like, let it crumble. And you know what? Sometimes that's when the other person has a reality check and does choose to grow into some wisdom and show up for you. It does happen. This happens. Like, probably more than I realize. (laughs) You know? And then sometimes it just falls apart. And you're free though. And it's like, not. it's not bad. On the side of freedom. is This, this is the podcast for a divorce. I don't know. It's not bad to go through a divorce. If someone listening needs to hear this, divorce is not the worst thing you will go through. The worst thing you will go through is feeling dead inside every day for the rest of your life and getting to your deathbed and being like, I fucking wasted my goddamn life on this relationship. That I have regrets. My partner didn't love me, or you get sick, and you're suddenly like, "What the fuck am I doing with this person?" Because that is something I have seen a lot of female rage at their partners when they get sick, when they hit like a crisis point, their kid dies, they lose it. It all comes out, and they're like, "No more. Like they cannot suppress anymore. What if you just got there a little bit ahead of that? You had some space, you created a new life, like some new experiences. You know? there's options. Partnership is not everything. Partnership is a very small piece of the life pie. Very small. It's so small. It's the smallest piece. <laughs> <laughs> However, in a healthy partnership, smallest piece. Of pie. it, is, it is if you think about it. But also in a healthy partnership. It can be like a pie overlay. You know what I'm saying? It could be like a really healthy experience kind of covering up a lot of the pie, but it's still like a small piece of it. It's like involved though. It's like some 3D imagery. I...
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. If you're having trouble finding a friend, like reach out to us. Send us an email. Be in touch.
0: Here we are. Jenny.
1: What's our email address?
0: <laughs> the lady voice podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, reach out. We'll be in touch. We want to talk to you, actually. I love talking about yeah. this. Yeah, we want to talk to you.
1: <laughs> and like we have so many listeners. So if we get overwhelmed, <laughs> don't expect an email. If we back. don't
0: respond right <laughs> away. <laughs>